But that's at the end of the day, the objective and the outcome that programmatic connected television or even programmatic buying enables is, is to reach the audience where and when they're consuming content. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Brian Arcart. He has been pushing the envelope of advanced TV industry by drawing attention to the convergence of audio targeting and measuring and connecting these capabilities to a broader conversation about digital advertising. Brian persists in bringing measurement, analytics, and efficiencies to the forefront of big screen advertising. He's an expert at that, and it's an expertise that has him immersed in bridging the gap between television and digital at the intersection between these worlds collide through multi-screen usage and growth. For advertisers, the increasing demand for consumers for more interactive engagement across devices has enabled identity-based targeting at a household level. Brian continues to take advantage of his extensive marketing expertise to use these advanced capabilities to reduce wasted impressions, increase campaign performance, and hold partners accountable for their media investments. Currently, consumers are shifting the way they view content, which allows new ways to approach audience-based decisions and create a precise path to conversion insights. Most importantly, these innovations and Brian's guidance have provided transparency in this complex digital ecosystem. By navigating the mass reach and scale of TV and adding the data-driven intelligence that online connectivity provides, he has helped integrate these crossing worlds in a strategic platform that brings advertisers automated methods for optimizing audience reach and delivering outcomes for all types of businesses along with each touchpoint of the customer journey. And we get to partner with Brian and his team from strategists to do all of these amazing things for our clients and you're in for a treat. He's got a lot of knowledge and in, in, like I said, expertise in this area and make sense of what you can do with programmatic television and being able to put ads in streaming TV and online and on your devices and all the things. So stay tuned for that. But first, it's time now for your marketing essentials moment, the basics that you need to continue to build your brand and your bottom line. And today I wanted to talk about direct mail as a part of your omni-channel customer journey. All of these things that we're talking about with Brian soon about digital advertising can also be in conjunction with a many different other types of channels that you can do to put your entire marketing campaign together. And direct mail has been obviously around for, for a very long time, right? The, the United States Postal Service has the abilities for us to use direct mail as a component of omni-channel pieces. And so let's talk about what direct mail marketing can do to create those additional customer touch points that can encourage that engagement. They might see an ad on, on your streaming TV, and then maybe there's a postcard in the mail for them or other means of mail, right? So thinking about how you can utilize and capitalize your ad budget in the best way possible, think about how you can capture with QR codes and all the things that we're going to talk about with digital, but thinking about traditional methods as well and incorporating how those can work together and combining that direct mail piece with those digital campaigns that you're doing can help you bring customers closer to that conversion. And at Peppershock, that's one thing that we do is work on the strategy from a holistic standpoint to create those omni-channel or multiple channels of the campaigns that you're wanting to accomplished in order to have multiple ways to reach your targeted audience, right? And to develop that seamless omni-channel campaign can use these types of tools that will help you in creating those customer touch points that will then encourage that engagement and then ultimately the conversion to buy. So thinking about how you want to first start off with your customer journey map and all the things that you're going to use in order to get to that target audience that you're seeking so much of their attention for and identifying that customer segment that's going to get to their home and in front of them or at their office using direct mail. 
and digital and d- digital methods, right? So thinking about your brand goals, what is it that you want to accomplish with this whole omni-channel campaign? What are those goals that are going to generate the leads, increase those conversions, build awareness, and create that cross-selling opportunity to also improve your customer retention and knowing your audience and getting the the data that you can get from the digital advertising that you do and then applying that knowledge that you get those insights that you receive based on the ad results that you're getting from that real-time data when you're doing digital advertising now think about how you can apply that knowledge what kind of messaging is working what kind of imagery is working what's happening in your in your strategy and plan and what goals are being achieved because of the data that you're working with and getting to work with and being able to tap into that first party data where people supply you with their email address or their text text message, email, whatever it is, what can you do and how can you make decisions on those meaningful messages, the copy that you're using, the the imagery, the actors or actresses that you're using, who are you targeting, who are you talking to, how are you talking to them, what's working, what's not, what are they clicking on, what are they using QR codes for, and what can you do to support your efforts along the way in multiple ways to get to them, right? So that's why I say digital, direct mail, and and email and all the things that you can do to get in front of that audience can help you in an overall holistic strategic campaign. It will increase your performance and ROI. It's the art and science of putting together these pieces and parts that can help you with those touch points to encourage customer interaction and keep your brand top of mind. And thinking about how you're going to continue on in keeping those messages top of mind. So when they are ready to buy, you are the first person that they think of or the first brand that they think of to buy from. And so thinking about being at the right place at the right time and having that right audience that is seeing your message and and creating that sense of urgency for them to act on, to then entice them to want to be excited to, to ultimately buy from you. Or if you're building brand awareness, ultimately keep you in their, the forefront of their mind because you've been in front of them. They know who you are now because they've seen 11 to 12 different ways to, to reach them, right? And, and those specific customers that you really want to reach, the ones that are your most ideal dream soulmate clients, who are we trying to reach and how are we trying to reach them and what's working, what's not, and continuously keeping that ongoing traction and understanding of your analytics and your data. And um, you'll soon hear from Brian why he says that data is the new oil and what that means exactly. But thinking about the surveys that you can use and getting customer feedback from them, all of these things can help you continuously build that marketing message and amplify your message to all of your customers and and thinking about the influencers, um, not just social media influencers, but the people who are your brand loyalists that want to promote you, want to talk about you and refer you and recommend you and rate you and rank you and all the things, right? And give you those reviews. Those are the, the, the types of people we want to continue to bring through our either brick and mortar door or click and mortar door online. So where can you go with this customer journey that you're seeking and, and, and wondering how it's going to all work and come together? That's where we can come in and help. If that is something that you want some help with, um, from some experienced professionals in this industry, um, that's what we're going to be talking about as well and partnering together with, companies like the one that Brian works for with Strategis and and it's a it's a strategic partnership with what we're doing with all the creative that we make the content that we drive um, the the channels that we're using Um, this is definitely a marketing journey you'll want to hear so let's keep on going on with this journey and we'll hear from Brian next Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Brian Urquhart. Welcome to the show, Brian. Oh, welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Ray. So good to see you. And uh, I'm Brian Urquhart, Digital Sales Director at Strategist. It's a pleasure to be here and just uh, grateful to be able to uh, look ahead and share what's next for 2023. 
Absolutely. And we get to partner with Brian and doing a lot of our digital media placement and OTT and streaming things and all the things that you get to do every day. Right, Brian? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Uh, we're definitely facilitating the convergence and excited about streaming and the path ahead and uh, seeing just the multi-screen worlds collide is uh, pretty exciting and innovative. And uh, we can't wait to share what's next. Excellent. Let's back up just a little bit, Brian. Let's talk about you and your your fascinating history of what got you to where you are. And, uh, you know, I've heard your story. You've come to speak to my students at, at Boise State. And so I just wanted our, our podcast audience to hear more about what you've done and the accomplishments that you've made and all the crazy fun stories that you have. But let's back up. Uh, share with our audience a little more history about where you are now and how you got there. Absolutely. Happy to do so. And it's, um, you know, it's it's an honor and a privilege. And so I'm grateful for that. And I, I essentially got my start, you know, based in the uh, the Mecca of media. I was uh, in Southern California and I actually uh, attended the University of California, Riverside. And uh, during my time there, I knew I wanted to get into media and entertainment. I was a reentry student. I went back to school. So mm -hmm. when it came to media, marketing, um, entertainment, I, I Decided to do a couple internships. My degree was in business. Concentration was in marketing. And so I had opportunities to intern with a couple entities. So for those going to university and college right now, know that uh, internships can absolutely shape your entire career and life. So for me, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, they're, in, they're invaluable. And, and that's that really catapulted me to where I am now, even going all the way back to them, because I interned at three different places. Um, one was uh, MSO Public Relations, where I got to work for the public rela relations firm for like artists like Ozzy and David Bowie and Dolly Parton. It was really, really cool. Um, and then I also interned for AEG Live Golden Voice, the producers of Coachella. Had some amazing experiences there. I, I interned um, for the GM of the El Rey Theater. So I had some great opportunities to meet people and experience, you know, one of my love and hobbies of music. And then, um, but the one that really kind of catapulted me to here even way back then was with Studio Lambert USA. Um, they're now known as All Three Media America, but uh, when it was Studio Lambert USA, I uh, in, secured the internship. It was in television production. And we ended up um, working on this little show. Um, you know, I was just building off of Jefferson out in Culver City. There was a couple of us doing it. And I was like, really, like, this is interesting. This is TV. It was kind of small. It, it wasn't really a lot happening. And we were working on a pilot um, for a show about CEOs going undercover. <laughs> and I was excited again because I was working in television production. So I was learning about casting and editing and producing and all these wonderful things. And uh, that show actually came to be what is known as Undercover Boss. Yeah. Uh, which at the time I, you know, I knew it was undercover boss. I was working and seeing everything that we we're developing for the pilot. And it's still, I was like, this is interesting. This is TV. And next thing, you know, um, we got news that it was going to premiere after the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an undercover boss has come to be, you know, known and, and loved by the masses. It's one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. I got to work on multiple episodes and seasons over the years. And that internship actually led to me working with them for, or even a couple years after that out of college. Nice. Fast forward a little bit. Um, I was working in integrated marketing communications. Um, as part of my experience you know, with um, Studio Lambert USA, I ended up getting to work on another show of theirs called The Pitch on AMC. And that's one I've shared with your students and yourself as well. Yeah. And that's essentially where we secured um, you know, agencies who were going to actually end up pitching business from leading brands. Um, which really kind of gave a just a behind the scenes look at the strategic process of how agencies develop creative strategy and media plans uh, to win the business of potential brands. So a lot of different opportunities with them really immersed myself and was able to leverage my marketing background for, you know, integrated marketing uh, opportunities Um you know, saw just great real emotions and experiences and learned just how the industry kind of worked and got to, you know, deliver packages for people at CBS and AMC and more and cast some of the people who you've seen on some of the uh, Emmy award winning shows. Yeah. And so that began my kind of my foundation in television, also worked in music videos during that time with bands like Paramore and more. But 
I actually ended up having my daughter right around then and, and decided to capitalize on an opportunity in, in a mode of which I actually began my career in digital. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was with BMW. I was really excited about that and got to be hands on with things like um, lead conversions, really working with CRMs, workflows, you know, automation, templates, um, and then really got my hands on any and all things digital in order to kind of understand how we could help facilitate conversions for BMW North America. And we actually, in that position, um, subsequently ended up earning Center of Excellence from BMW of North America as part of those efforts. And so that began kind of my career in digital. Fast forward a few years, um, I landed prior to this with an organization that has a multi-screen platform in Spectrum Reach. And it really enabled me to kind of help facilitate that convergence between television and digital. Um, and really further my understanding of that after being um, having a front row seat for online advertising and marketing innovation with iMedia. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately facilitated with my move to Boise and kind of reuniting my family, you know, grandkids, nephews, grandparents, all that. Mm-hmm. Ended up with this organization who ran the very first program, programmatic connected television campaign back in 2015 uh, at Strategist. So I've always tried to be at the forefront, at the precipice. I leveraged internships while in college, and that got me here today because now I'm sitting at the cutting edge of innovation at the organization that ran the first programmatic connected television campaign. And uh, in looking ahead to the future and what's next, I feel like we are well positioned to help kind of catapult this industry. And I wouldn't be here if it didn't start, you know, with that education that I went back to achieve, um, the internships that I leveraged the opportunities that organizations like BMW and Spectrum Reach gave me, and then um, really ending up at a place that's just pushing the envelope of innovation has done since the beginning. So we're well positioned for all the kind of exploding growth that's taking place at that intersection of, you know, streaming television, digital advertising, and how it all comes together really at the end of the day for the consumer, which is why I got into marketing in the first place. I just love your story, Brian. I think that all of those experiences have led you to where you are now and getting to be at the forefront of what's happening in the world. I mean, we've got AI technology going on. We've, you know, streaming television has exploded, right? I mean, web and digital use has been very, very prominent, especially since the pandemic when everyone was online and using all of these tools and devices and and streaming things. And <laughs> so just let's back up a little bit for those that are listening that may not understand fully what programmatic television is. So give us kind of a, a broad overview and then we can dig into the weeds. Absolutely. So I'll start with really connected television because essentially what we mean and when we refer to connected television is is the big screen, right? But the way audiences are viewing television now really starts with, um, and it really doesn't necessarily start with, but has become more prominent with and is now leading as far as total TV day viewing, uh, connectivity. And when we refer to connectivity, we refer to being connected to the internet, right? So streaming television on devices such as Roku or Apple TV or Samsung smart TVs. So, you know, I like to focus on connected TV and streaming because ultimately people are viewing the television now in a variety of ways over the Internet. Mm -hmm. And programmatic buying in and of itself enables an automated method of buying audiences, essentially, and being able to reach target audiences, whether that through be through digital means or through connected television or even digital audio. So programmatic enables audience based buying. Um, and we're really shifting from kind of this like um, really content and program specific mindset, which still obviously has a very prominent and justified place. But audiences are shifting their viewing habits and how and where and when they consume media that's taking places across devices. The big screen TV obviously has the biggest place in that. Um, but ultimately, programmatic audience based buying enables us to reach audiences across the ecosystem across devices, where and how and when they're consuming media. Um, And more often than not, that's taking place in um, a connected fashion. And I think the way way people can understand what this means to them is it's uh, find me, follow me, wherever you're on a streaming device, you can get this advertisement that's completely directed towards them because of the types of programs that they're watching. 
Correct. Exactly. And that, and that's where it becomes really about the audience versus necessarily the program. Right. And, and so, and it's a compliment because it's a media mix at the end of the day. And so it complements very, you know, multiple different media buying methods, but that's at the end of the day, the objective and the outcome that programmatic connected television or even programmatic buying enables is, is to reach the audience where and when they're consuming content. So it's it's about the, the it's about the data, right? And the targeting and be able to reach the audience and meet them at the places that they're going to be watching TV. I recently heard a major um, entertainment president who said, you know, people used to base their lives around television. Now they base television around their lives. So you can consume content when you're in the service drive, getting your vehicle worked on. Um, you have the capability to um, activate and aggregate first-party data in a, in a fashion with retail and even grocery now in ways that we couldn't before. Consumers, you know, three quarters more, if not, have a mobile device in their hand when they're watching television. So it becomes the concept of how can I reach this audience who is engaging with various devices at um, multiple times and also apps and platforms and different inventory sources how can I reach them where and whenever they're consuming content? Um, absolutely, you can do that around a program. You can do that around shows. But more and more, when you have an audience, you know they may eat organically three times a week and may go far beyond age and demo and have certain purchase and transaction habits. And they may watch their shows on demand late at night versus the day it debuts at a certain time frame. So you have to be able to follow the audience where, when, and how they're consuming the media. Um, and programmatic methods enable it, connected television enables it, and that's where we sit at the intersection of. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about some of the successes that we've had in partnering Pepper Shock, you know, in hiring your team to help us through being able to find the right audience at the right time and where they're, where they're watching, where they're streaming. Let's dig into it a little more about what success and how we did it and the types of things that worked well. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the biggest things that, that we aspire to and strive for and that even programmatic capabilities enable is, is customization and personalization, right? I always like to start with the consumer and I think about the consumer, whether you're looking at, um, if we were to go into certain generations, boomers, millennials, um, Gen X, Gen Z, various different um, individuals are now you know, experiencing media in a variety of ways, but there are also different objectives and KPIs and things per that demographic that you're trying to reach and their habits. Mm -hmm. So we've worked, you know, via multiple partners on awareness campaigns, engagement campaigns, if we're looking to reach like an older audience through campaigns with partners like Central District Health, mm -hmm. or if we're looking to during the uh, holiday or retail season, reach, you know, more mobile focused audiences, leveraging things like location to be able to reach a younger audience at the mall with like Magic Valley Mall. Right. We have a variety of opportunities to focus on, you know, what are the objectives, the KPIs of the audience? Who are we trying to reach uh, and target? And what outcomes are we looking to produce and measure? And I think that's where the intersection of digital and connected TV and really omni-channel strategies converge in enabling us to focus on KPIs for an audience, be it an older demographic, and we're trying to generate an awareness campaign, or even if we're trying to be highly targeted and reach rural and underserved areas, right? Mm -hmm. There are different type of geographies. We have to have different creative strategies and messaging, be it for Central District Health, or mm -hmm. even Idaho Firewise, or even Magic Valley Mall. So we're trying to reach them at different, you know, points in their consumer journey. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to understand the outcomes that we could potentially produce based on how they engage with devices, where they're going to be, and what the objective is as far as measurement. And I think that's where analytics and reporting and data come in. You know, they talk about for the past couple of years, like data is the new oil. I think the thing that I'm seeing for 2023 Ford is that data is becoming more actionable. Mm -hmm. And they're also hearing words about just transparency. Buyers are demanding more and more transparency, even at a content and programming level. And I think those are some of the things that we're going to see further even more in 2023. But it starts again with the audience. And I think that's what programmatic capabilities provide is for us to take a look at a campaign and encounter a client, understand, you know, are, is it more top of the funnel? Are we trying to establish brand awareness? Do we need to look at things like brand lift? 
Is it an older skewing demographic and how are they going to consume media? Or, you know, are, do they engage and interact more with their mobile devices? Are they more likely to convert there? Can we incorporate post-view website attribution to understand what pages they're going to visit and how we can measure their journey along the path to becoming a, a lead, a contact, a partner, or whatever it may be. Yeah. So for us, we've had fantastic opportunities as partners to have a range of different audience targets but to also produce different outcomes and understand the type of engagement KPIs we're looking at it being, you know, simple impression fulfillment, deliverability or impression distribution by certain geographies we're trying to reach and drive performance with, or do we need to see them be able to, you know, walk in the store and make a transaction? Are we gonna have the capability to eventually leverage first party and CRM targeting or data to understand how we influenced outcomes at that level? And do we need to do so um, at a certain point in their journey, right? Is it the top of the funnel with television? Is it the medium to lower part of the funnel when it gets to awareness and attribution, or I meant um, decision as part of their journey, and then ending up being part of the conversions? So I can get more granular with that, but I want to be conscious and stop there to you know, answer <laughs> any questions you may have and kind of dig deeper as you see fit. Yeah, no, this is this is good. This is what we are able to do with a whole, like you said, omni-channel campaign, we do parts and pieces, we put together the strategy, we work with strategists to help us with the strategy, and then delivering and being able to make changes along the way when, you know, having that data in front of you, being able to make those decisions based on what the performance has been and, you know, what's working, what could work better, what to tweak even more to make it even more relevant, more, you know, successful as we go and based on the experiences that you've had and your team has in just different areas and having that different expertise for the different types of clients that we have and the outcomes that we want I think that that is what helps augment all of the efforts that we're putting together with our clients and having partners like you to rely on and lean on and say here's here's what we're wanting to do here's what we want to accomplish now, how do we go about doing that and working together to collaborate and make it happen? So, yeah, I think it's definitely the wave of the future, if you will, to continue to use that data. I like how you said that the data is the new oil, you know, <laughs> it really is to be able to make sure that what we're doing and how we're spending our clients money is is getting that return that we're after. And it's just amazing to me to be able to get real time results Unlike before when we, you know, back in the day, you would do something and you wouldn't get results and, and, and understanding a month later, you know, and it's just not, it's not as feasible to be able to make changes as quickly as you can. And that's what excites me about what's happening and what we're able to do now is just make those changes as needed and, and to make it better, right? Absolutely. 110% well said. You know, I, I geek out on this stuff. I'm passionate about it. And I just <laughs> yeah. love to hear you kind of hit the nail on the head. And that's true is the ability to see analytics, right? To view and understand how campaigns are performing and even tying that back to the big screen in ways we've never been able to do before. Um, and providing the opportunity for optimization. You mentioned flexibility, right? The having to be agile is key, especially when you consider the macroeconomic conditions. So when we talk about like new marketing trends for 2023 and what's next, we're dealing with a little bit of uncertainty in the marketplace as even as evident by the Dow today. Right. And so marketers need to be able to be flexible. They need to be able to be agile and be able to have insights that are going to enable them to optimize and make decisions. Mm -hmm. um, so it provides flexibility versus things like, you know, things like uh, ultimately like an upfront, right? You need the ability to be uh, making decisions um, that are going to afford you flexibility as you're seeing the insights into how creative is performing. Um, if you were able to A-B test and know that one creative is outperforming another, how can then we make strategic recommendations that inform the overall marketing strategy in a way that's going to produce results and pay dividends? Um, and I think analytics is providing that because we now have the data to see this is how this creative is performing. Here are the tactics that are working best. Here are the geographies that were underperforming. Um, and so being able to understand how your campaign is performing enables you to then team up, you know, on a regular basis. You can look at it daily. You might be able to look at it weekly. You might have conversations on a weekly or monthly basis, whatever that cadence is to then say, this is the creative we need to go with overall based off of the data. Mm -hmm. 
here are the geographies where we need to increase reach and frequency because we are getting results in these areas. Um, or, you know, these are, here's how many days it took to convert. So that helps inform our kind of seasonality of it or our cadence. Mm -hmm. Or here's how many touches it took to convert. So I really think that it's kind of the digital is really facilitating uh, a future where we can understand how omni-channel strategies perform. You're always going to need to establish awareness and drive awareness at the top of the funnel. You're always going to have to have scale. You're always going to have to have brand awareness and upfront commitments and strategy that is firmed up at the end of a year and looks ahead to the future. You're going to have to have vision and leadership, always 110%. But you now can complement that with data that comes from analytics as the campaign goes on to then make adjustments and be flexible and optimize if you all of a sudden experience economic uncertainty right. or you need to make changes based off of how clients revised a budget or if you just want to double down on results and you know that. Um, you know, CTV in, in this case, driving a higher, the 30% higher ROI, when you're seeing those type of results and you're able to measure business outcomes um, and you're able to leverage things like first party data, how can I continue to increase my customer base? Customer acquisition is a foremost priority of marketers in the 2023 outlook. How can I continue to optimize, enhance, and inform my overall creative strategy through the transparency that analytics provides and make sure that I am doubling down in the places I need to be and increasing the efficiencies in areas I don't need to be. Um, and that's something that our platform right now is currently, uh, you know, leveraging for us together. And it's something we hope to just accelerate and expand as we look ahead towards the future. Yeah, that's definitely a common phrase. Double down on digital. If you haven't already, you should be. <laughs> and now a message from one of our sponsors, Misfit Market. It can be expensive to eat healthy, right? So Misfits Market has the solution. They take in the high quality food that grocery stores would rather let go to waste and they'll ship it directly to your door. So you can get organic produce and sustainably sourced groceries delivered at up to 40% off of what you would pay at the grocery store. Sure, they might look a little funky, but they all taste the same and they are amazing. And it's great produce. I've had it delivered to my door now and it's really awesome. So go to Peppershock.com and our listeners will get $15 off their first order with our promo code. So go to Peppershock.com offers and get that promo code and you can join for free and start saving today. So let's, let's go into an example. Think of some creative that you were able to implement into Connected TV and the different methods. What are some of the most memorable or, you know, campaign pieces into the creative that were highly effective and kind of share a story about how it worked and what was it that worked? And, and you know, if you can describe, obviously we're doing audio right now, but if you can describe it, share with us what are some campaign pieces and creativity that really worked? Absolutely. So I think a um, couple different things. Again, I, I like to always tie it back to the consumer, right? I think about the journey of consumers nowadays and how they may turn on their Samsung smart TV and they're watching, you know, the outside channel for five, 10, 15 minutes. And maybe then they open up Sling or their platform of choice and, you know, go to the Hallmark channel for a holiday movie and or AMC. Um, then eventually they'll open up another app and platform all the while they're browsing on their mobile device, right? So different creatives serve different functions at different points in the consumer journey. And I think one of the things that we have found to kind of work well, and I think something we're gonna see happen in the future, um, a call to action, a good, concise call to action is always important. I think um, timing is key too, whether you're serving a 15 or a 30 second ad. Mm -hmm. And I also think what we're also really looking ahead to is going to be interactive ads and the ability to scan a QR code and click to buy. Mm -hmm. You're seeing digital coupons now in retailers. We're, we're, we're seeing kind of projections for 2023 as it relates to digital ad revenue and growth. Um, and two of the top companies that are at the top of projected digital ad revenue growth, according to eMarketer, are Walmart and Instacart. Mm -hmm. um, but for us personally, as far as campaigns that we've worked on, yes, interactive ads, I think, are going to be something that we're going to be seeing more and more of. But historically and traditionally, I know that we've relied on mechanisms like, let's say, vanity numbers, right? And there's a time and a place for it. But now consumers are being able to see an ad and go to the website. Um, and we're able to A-B test creative and even have 
one, two, three different creatives running to understand um, a creative that outperformed another according to, let's say, conversion rate. And that's something we've even done with partners here with you is understanding we have this creative, we have that creative, um, different messaging, different um, actors even perhaps are within it, um, different approaches is for what we're trying to drive, different lengths of time frame. And I think based on the medium is really going to help inform, all right, we know that 15s are going to perform in a streaming environment because ultimately we want to make sure they're going to visit the website. And so based on conversion rates and CTR, we can understand that after they've seen the ad and then they engaged with the digital ad via mobile device, desktop, tablet, laptops, we know that this creative at an omnichannel video or display level is outperforming the other creative based on this conversion rate. So, you know, that's been helpful in helping us understand that, you know, we're driving awareness at the top of the funnel always, right? We want to establish a call to action so that way we lead to them visiting the website, them picking up the phone, scheduling appointments and more. And now with Encore Omnichannel retargeting, we have the capability to understand that, A, here's who saw the ad, B, then we retargeted them with an omnichannel video, online video, pre-roll ad, or even a display banner ad. And here are the steps they then took as far as an action or a conversion and tie it back to them seeing this creative or that creative. Um, so it's helping to inform the overall marketing strategy and development because we then can see if one creative is outperforming the other and has a higher conversion rate, we're relying on data and not necessarily just surveys or word of mouth or whatever it may be to make decisions that are going to ultimately help improve production, um, creative strategy, and overall marketing strategy. And that's something we've done with you. It's something we've done with partners. And I think the next level, if we were to look ahead to 2023, is going to actually be incorporating QR codes, scans, interactive ads that enable you to click to buy, you know, purchase, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's exciting for us because I think it's making television in ways and shapes and forms measurable right. and right. then producing outcomes that you can tie back to campaigns um, that start on the big screen television and connectivity facilitates that at the end of the day. Yeah. And if the QR code leads to a specific landing page that's only dedicated to that specific ad, then you can absolutely track it. Unlike we ever could re before where it was a little bit harder to do, you'd have a call to action. Maybe you'd have a vanity phone number or a vanity URL, but now it just makes it so much easier to be able to get people to go to where you want them to go, when you want them to go there, and then they get the messaging that's specific to them on that landing page. And I think you're right. It, it's the ability to track now what we're doing and how it's working is, is phenomenal. And unlike we had during the traditional methods you know i've been doing pepper shock for almost 20 years and before facebook before any of this ever started and and now it's just come a long way and we've got even more exciting things to do in the future i'm looking forward to it <laughs> absolutely yes too i mean i and, and that's where even going back to the beginning for me as well like the beginning of my career and the time and seeing the evolution of it mm -hmm. um you know we do this because we have a passion and we have a pur purpose right it's to just really help facilitate the consumer journey and serve our partners and um, drive innovation and, and measure outcomes, right? I mean, that's what we're in this for is for customer acquisition, to be able to tell a story with data, to understand how the recommendations and the strategies that we're putting forward work, but not only work, get better, faster, and stronger. And that's where the analytics come in. That's where the transparency comes in. Um, and it's about the audience and the consumer and how they're shifting their media habits we want to meet them at those points and then be able to tell a story with it that helps just facilitate outcomes, but improve them and advance them. Mm -hmm. And it also provides a seamless consumer journey. I was just reading today as I was kind of looking forward to this, yeah. that um, three touch points actually facilitate and produce better outcomes than two or one. So mm -hmm. the consumers at the end of the day need to have that repetition, that frequency in order to increase brand favorability and recognition and retention. So those truly lead to just better advertising and marketing outcomes. And if we can make that consumer journey and experience more seamless, whether it's between devices mm -hmm. uh, or if it's in the home or at retail, um, if it's at the grocery store, right? Like you're seeing simple everyday life 
um, enhancements like drive up, pickup, right? Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting digital coupons. I can scan at the grocery store uh, coupons. So I'm helping my family save money in an environment of inflation and economic uncertainty. Right. Um, partners and retail media networks is definitely what's next in 2023. And so they're, you know, understanding what's best for the consumer via data. And we can help tell a story via creative marketing strategy throughout omni-channel experiences that are personalized, they are customized, they produce outcomes for partners who hold us accountable and need to. And I feel like it's a win-win at that intersection of convergence. And it's something I feel like I was working towards from the beginning and understanding brands, their objectives, how we can really just get it out there via marketing, mm -hmm. tell a story that makes sense and is beneficial for consumers, doesn't produce friction or interrupt their lives in their own process, um, and do it at a household level that leads to outcomes both for partners, for the consumer, in their experience, and for the people who are trying to provide products, goods, and services at a client level. Absolutely. Brian, I want to give you an opportunity to share how people can work with you if, via pepper shock, maybe, but uh, if they are looking for an agency, but just share a little bit more about ways that they can connect with you. Absolutely. So uh, Brian Urquhart with uh, Strategists, I mean, by all means, I just prioritize and adore our relationship, Ray. So <laughs> if you want to work with us, get in touch with Ray. She's going to be the point of contact. Uh, my email, brian at strategist.com for any questions. If you ever want to just get together and talk about the industry, where we see it headed. Um, I've got tons of just ideas and notes. Um, we've been focusing too on how it's maturing as well. We're seeing advancements with the boomer generation, ad supported video on demand. You got partners like Netflix and Disney plus getting in the game now. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody kind of sees where the industry is going, where it's headed. And we wouldn't be where we're at um, doing what we're doing if it wasn't for partners like you, Ray. Yeah. Um, so I recommend getting in touch with Ray figuring out what we've done together, how it's been successful, how we've learned along the way too, right? Part of growth is learning and we wouldn't be doing the things we were doing if it wasn't for teaming up with partners like you um, that understand what's best for their client and how we can advance them into the future and grow their business. So we appreciate the opportunity. We're happy to be here today and we look forward to what's to come and how we can just help the path to purchase and help facilitate the consumer experience and really drive results for our partners. Oh, that's great, Brian. Actually, one last question. You brought up Netflix and Disney Plus now being able to insert commercials into it. Do you think that's going to be the a, a demise for Netflix? I wonder. Like a like a hardware device, or just being able to put um, commercials in on Netflix, right? It's streaming. Yep. And so that's, that's an excellent question. It's something we can look ahead to. So look, um, like Disney Plus and Netflix and partners are now getting into ad supported video on demand, right? That's mm -hmm. one of the things I add down is the maturation of the market. Because oftentimes when you think of streaming and connected TV, if you're looking at it historically, you look at it like a higher education vehicle or energy drinks and things like that from a category standpoint. Well, now you see Walmart and Instacart, as I mentioned, the projected mm -hmm. top two in digital ad growth because they understand how important multi-touch points are. And so do companies like Netflix and Disney Plus. So historically, they've had a subscription-based model. Now mm -hmm. they're getting to ad supported video on demand. I think it's kind of even when I think about just the you know older audiences, awareness campaigns, you think about things like that and you don't traditionally think of streaming but now boomers are outpacing the generation before them as it relates to growth because all the smart devices in the marketplace yeah. are, you know, smart TVs. So now yeah. you have that connectivity and everyone's kind of involved. So Netflix and Disney plus companies like that are getting into the game with that supported video on demand. But I think it's kind of like in, I would even like in the older generations to like a focus on what I call like the, the Facebook effect, right? At first we got into it, it was a younger demo. People are like, yeah, digital pool, but what about the purchasing power? Well, now boomers are outpacing this. Streaming just beat linear for the first time. As far as total TV day viewing, everything we kind of saw and projected is happening. And now you've got essential categories like grocery, food, and beverage really kind of focusing and getting into the game. But what I think will happen first is similar is you'll have the early adopters. Netflix and Disney are looking at like the top 100 advertisers. They're probably going to start initially with Fortune 500 brands. But in time, 
as that impression availability and scale becomes available, absolutely, I anticipate we're going to be doing this even like even as they did with yeah. Hulu at a regional and local level. So I think that's something that in time, you know, we'll be able to capitalize on. It's an opportunity. I think that'll be what's next. But it's only possible because what consumers are doing across devices and the convergence that they're facilitating and how they consume media. And I look forward to being able to capitalize on it with yeah. you, our partners, the industry. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's just going to be more seamless and we're going to gain more insights into what works and what's going to be next for the future. Yeah, I definitely with Hulu, if you don't pay for the, you know, the higher version, you get ads. But even if you do pay for the the premium version, you still come sometimes get ads. I think I was watching Grey's Anatomy and we pay for the, you know, the premium version, whatever for Hulu. And I saw an ad and and they first get on there and say this ad is brought to you as a part of our, you know, streaming license agreement or something. And then they they show an ad and then and then the show comes on. I'm like, wait a minute, I paid for the premium how come I'm getting an ad right so I'm just wondering what kind of uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see how Netflix users will react to to them seeing ads on something that they've traditionally not seen ads on before I mean they they don't know that they have they've had product placement right that's how you are able to advertise on Netflix right now is just having the product placement and things in in, in the shows that they do but it's it'll be interesting to see what happens and and you know how people will react to it as they start to see ads on something that they're not used to seeing ads on. Yeah. And I think they're, look, I mean, it's about efficiencies too, right? Like what we're describing are efficiencies. So if consumers are navigating in 2023 and ahead, like uncertainty or inflation, if it's a more cost affordable option, we have found and read that they're more open to it, right? Yeah. I'll right. sit through an ad or two if I can save a couple bucks. So there's, yep. you know, financial considerations there in addition to their experience and journey. And um, I saw that um, obviously in 2023, marketers are evaluating and reforecasting more frequently. So they know they have to be agile and more flexible. Customer acquisitions, like their number one priority, but they're also looking to optimize and gain efficiencies. Mm-hmm. Consumers are too. So if you can save money, um, yeah. you got to sit through an ad or two. I mean, that's what we've done through traditional <laughs> and historically and linear and yeah. things like that, right? So um, but I mean, by all means, it's going to be different. It'll be a new experience. It's something we look forward to seeing what it produces. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to give us all an opportunity, whether for the consumer, it's to save some money, um, or if it's for us as marketers to be able to expand our audience reach and um, targeting capabilities. Yeah, no, I think as a as a marketer and advertiser, I you know I'm grateful to see the ads because that obviously is our industry and what we want to see. But as a you know just a consumer at home watching you know streaming something, I'm like, oh man, okay, I get it. We need to pay for this, and this is how things get done. <laughs> but it'll it'll yeah, choice is key to too, right? I mean, it does. You do need to reduce friction and give consumers the ability to choose and having yeah. premium tiers and things like that. Um, and some people thought they would never provide a night supported version, quite mm-hmm. frankly, but the time has come, it's happening. I think yep. it's going to only open up the opportunities for uh, partners like us and things that we can do together. And um, at the same time, we got to be conscious of the consumer experience and how and where we're reaching them and what messaging we're reaching them with at what point in their journey. And that's something that our platform has enabled. And I think what we're excited about for the industry is to just gain efficiencies and optimize and understand what works via analytics and transparency. Yeah, and I think then, uh, um, Netflix, this, basically, you know, how Blockbuster got its demise because Netflix, you know, knocked on their door and said, hey, let's partner, let's do this. And Blockbuster's like, no way, people will still rent DVDs from us. And I think there's only one Blockbuster store left in the world, right, as a novelty store, right? But let's just hope Netflix doesn't become the new Blockbuster and they can get with the times and, you know, be able to sustain and, like you said, efficiently use the the tools that are out there and that we have the, <laughs> to the advantage of. And Netflix, honestly, since they've been around the longest as the streaming platform of choice, I mean, I can imagine that the huge amount of potential that can come with these opportunities if they can do it right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 110%. I mean, I think that's the thing. You, it kind of, and that's like how, how I was sharing, you know, I, I got into this initially because of television. I'm still yeah. in it because I love television and that intersection of digital and the ability yeah. to measure 
But at the end of the day, you know, what I was sharing along the way too, is that it goes back to the consumer. And that's the story I always try to tell. I try to put myself in the living room, understand what my own or my family's experience is like, because you don't want to create friction. You want it to be a seamless experience for them to transact. And if I look ahead to what's 2023, I think that's what's coming next is the ability to leverage interactive ads to reach an older demographic, the maturation of the market of both digital and streaming TV. Everybody has devices now, multiple devices, and you're able to reach them across those devices with different messages at different times. So how long is it taking to convert? How many touches do we need to convert? And that's going to be different for different consumers, different campaigns, different objectives. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, whether you're Netflix, whether you're Peppershock, Strategist, you know, <laughs> Disney Plus, whoever it is, it's going to be about the consumer. And they have evolved in their habits and their ability to interact at the grocery store, or the retail place, right? Or um, when they're sitting in their house, like before Coinbase launched that QR code that was bouncing around at the Super Bowl, most people thought QR codes are, eh. but then... It just started bouncing around and became interactive and it was the biggest ad of the Super Bowl. Now right. in my mind, and um, you know, whether we share this here or offline, but I've had ideas <laughs> for creative <laughs> strategies with QR codes yeah. on how fun they can be, right? And what that okay. experience can be like for a consumer. And then our ability to then take them to a place where they can transact seamlessly. Um, but more to come on that. I think that's something you and I can yeah. share together <laughs> um, because that's I just right. think with retail media networks, um, first party data is going to be key due to just cookies going away in time. Right. Um, but really, it all ties back to the consumer and their experience. And mm -hmm. I think companies like Netflix and Disney Plus are conscious of that. And they also know that with the economy and uncertainty that's taking place, the consumers need to have options because they have choice and where and how they're going to subscribe and join platforms at the end of the day. I love it. All good nuggets full of information and lots of good things to think about in your marketing journey. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for sharing with me and, and all the things that uh, are to come. And I think our audience should uh, absolutely investigate uh, using some type of streaming, connected TV, OTT, any of these things in your marketing plan for the next year and uh, next, you know, and beyond, right? I mean, these are these are things that are going to be the way to get your message out to the right people at the right time. So thank you, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I look forward to uh, working together some more. And it's just yeah. always a pleasure. Uh, we're, we're, we're grateful for our partnership and just happy to facilitate advancement within the industry. Really, it's about the people and we, we're grateful for what we get to do every day. Awesome. Us too. Thank you, Brian. And the, for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do is share this with those you know that need to hear what Brian had to say today. And of course, give us those reviews. Those are super helpful. And go visit themarketingexpedition.com. That's themarketingexpedition.com to watch replays and get all kinds of good insights and information. And uh, until next time, everybody, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.